Okay, and we are live. Welcome to the third episode of Authentic Conversations in English, where you're blessed with the opportunity to observe how fluent English speakers converse with one another. So a couple weeks ago on my Instagram, you guys were requesting that I do an episode covering the topic of sports. You guys want to learn some vocabulary around the subject, and you wanted to see how that vocabulary would be applied to a realistic conversation in English. So I figured I'd get three guests who are more than qualified to elaborate on this subject. So before we get into the introductions of our guests, if you're watching this on TikTok, hop onto YouTube. We're about to cut the stream right now. And if you're on YouTube, you can simply support the channel and the platform by liking the video because it'll help the YouTube algorithm spread the message to other people who are trying to learn the English language. So for our first guest, we'll start with Edwin and work our way back around here. So Edwin, where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. It's about okay. a small town in New Jersey. It's pretty nice around here. And what was your involvement in sports? And why were you involved in those particular sports? So my involvement with sports came at a young age. Uh, I started playing volleyball in high school. Um, a bit of basketball. And uh, tried out for the football team early on in high school. Uh, pretty much, I just had the desire to be part of a team. And also it helped that my brother was also a coach for the volleyball team. So um, I guess you could say I had a little push going into it. Um, and it was just a passion that I wanted to continue to grow into and get better as I got older. So um, doing that for my hometown would have been a great thing to do at that time. Okay, cool. And is English the only language you know, or do you know any other languages as well? Yeah, I know I know my tribal language. Um, I'm from Ghana. So we have this uh, language called Tree, which is pretty universal in Ghana. Um, and that's pretty much the main language there at the point in time. Okay, cool. And Brielle, so where did you grow up and what is your involvement with sports? I grew up in, it feels like a lot of different places, but so I grew up in California and Washington, majority Washington uh, state. And for my teen years, I moved to Florida it was actually because my sister got a scholarship to play sports um, at Florida A&M University. And that's kind of where I grew up in my teens and played travel ball and all of that. But my childhood was kind of spent in Washington. And I started playing sports when I was five. So that's where I kind of uh, learned about softball. And it was mainly because my sister, honestly, she played it first. She was like, all around athlete. I think she tried like track. She did. She was that type of, you know, athlete, very, she could catch on to anything, but she stuck with softball and I grew up kind of watching her and from a young age. So then my parents, you know, put me and my other sisters into softball and we just kind of stuck with it too. Like it was very competitive. It was, I, I loved just the game and the sport itself. So I grew up kind of you know, playing as I got older and in Florida. And then I ended up going to the same school as my sister. So. Okay, sick. And is English the only language you know, or do you speak any other languages as well? Only English, a little bit of Spanish, barely anything to call it. You know, it's not legitimate, but yeah. So just English. Oh, that's cool. English is the most powerful. So nothing wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> And uh, Carson, where did you grow up and what is your involvement with sports? Hello. Okay. So I was born in Orange County, California. Um, I kind of split my time between LA 
and Orange County growing up. And then I, I, I'm a dual citizen of Canada. My mom's Canadian. So I moved to Montreal for three years from 15 to 18, right before I went to college. Um, and through that time, basically like from age seven, my mom put me in tennis camps and I have two older sisters that also played in the same tennis camps. We all fell in love with the sport and stuck to tennis, all three of us. Um, my older sisters both played college tennis and I was the one who wanted to play professionally. So I was playing pro tennis up until like right before college, I got injured, <laughs> which I ended up choosing to play college tennis, which is where I'm at now. I'm in my senior year at Texas A&M University playing tennis. Um, and I hope to continue that on to the pro circuit after I'm done here. That's awesome. And uh, is English the only language you know, or do you know any other languages by chance? I used to be almost fluent in French when I was living in Montreal or Quebecois, I should say, because a lot different than, than living in France sometimes. But um, I was really, really good with French. I honestly, I lost a lot of it not being there and being in Texas where French is the furthest away thing ever in Texas. So, um, yeah, no, I, I guess I'm still pretty good with French. All right. Nice. And OK, so for the first segment of questions, we're going to start talking about team sports versus individual sports here. OK, so we'll start with Carson and then we'll work our way back around to Edwin. So, Carson, which would you say is a better overall experience? Which type of sport has a better vibe? Would you say it's team sports or individual sports? In your opinion? I, would, I think it really, it depends on the type of personality you have. I think that's a big determining factor. Me, I'm, I was born very independent. I like doing everything by myself. I hate asking for help even with schoolwork. So for me, playing an individual sport like tennis fit my personality perfectly. Um, and even being in a college environment where I'm on a college tennis team was also an adjustment for me. And I, I'm still learning even as a senior. Um, but I think you can get amazing things and learn a lot of life lessons from both sides, being on a team or an individual sport. It just depends on what works for you and what you enjoy more. Right. And do you play doubles at all or just one-on-one? -on -one I do both singles and doubles. Okay. I see. And Brielle. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I honestly, maybe I'm a little biased, but I do like the group team sports um, versus the individuals only because I feel like when you're in a group, like when you're in a team on a team, you get both kind of the best of both worlds. Like a lot of the athletes, um, like softball players that I played with, you get to go when you're in softball, you get to go up against the pitcher yourself, you know, and it's kind of like an individual, you have your individual stats. And you also work together as a team to try to, you know, win the game. But you get kind of the best of both worlds. And you learn like you like, like Carson said, you learn a lot of life skills. Um, but just from a competitive point, I, I like working together as a team. But I also, again, like the aspect of just like being able to say, okay, one-on-one -on -one with this particular player, you know, uh, with softball, but, but I'm a little biased. I, I like, I like working as a team. And again, one, one point too, is that I I'm introverted. I'm very introverted and I, I still enjoy the team aspect because it brought me out of my shell. That's one thing I appreciate about softball and working on a team because it definitely, um, 
improved my communication and just being able to work on a team and be collaborative. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, playing on a team definitely gives you a lot of soft skills for life in terms of learning how to work with other people and also how to play a role in a bigger system too. Because yeah, naturally I was pretty introverted myself and I like to do everything by myself and stay to myself. But um, in terms of a team, it really forces you to get outside of that uh, comfort zone, I guess. So yeah, that's, that's definitely valid. And Edwin, what would you say in your opinion? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm a little biased here, but um, I also agree across the point that it does depend on the type of person you are. Um, and for me, I just, I love the idea of thriving off of someone's energy and finding ways to accomplish that goal together, right? I think that being on a team allows you to have the the mindset to either learn how to lead or to learn how to follow sometimes. I think that those two ways can be beneficial in your lifetime of how you want to go about things. Um, like you said before, it does communicate, uh, it does breed communication and it does breed uh, collaboration as well too. But ultimately though, you get to find ways to just talk it out to, to know that this cannot be completed unless you guys work together. And if you don't work together, you won't win the game, right? And you won't win the game at the highest level, depending on what you're doing. So um, it, it comes down to who you are as a person and the coaching also matters as well too, because you could have a coach, he could be your one-on-one -on -one coach or mentor, but if he's or she is conveying the same message to the whole team, you know that we all have to work on individual things to help ourselves uh, get better at the goal at hand. So. Um, you do have moments in the game where you can be dominant yourself, which is part of the best of both worlds that I think that Brielle was alluding to. Um, and you you can help your team in that aspect. But ultimately, though, I just like the idea of trying to win games together with people and getting a goal accomplished with people as opposed to by myself. Yeah, that's great. That's I couldn't agree more, honestly. And I, as a final verdict, I'd say that there are definitely pros and cons to both. Yep. I'd say with an individual sport, there's definitely some upsides with a team sport. You do need to deal with some of the negatives of other people too. And um, to learn how to coordinate all that and work around that, that's definitely valuable. Now, as a follow-up question, we'll start with Edwin. We'll work our way back around here. So if you could go back in time, could you see yourself choosing any other sports than the ones that you have chosen? Did you see yourself getting involved in developing skills in a sport that you've never really tried before? That's a great question. Um, if I can go back in time, I probably wouldn't, to be honest. And it is a little bit of biasness because my brother was the volleyball head coach at the time. So he still is at this point in time. So it's kind of a little bit of I get to be coached by my brother, my older brother at the time. But ultimately, though, I didn't see myself working hard or putting much effort into other sports as I did with volleyball. And I expressed that I wanted to be part of a team and I desperately wanted to be part of a team when it came to playing basketball. But I always knew that it would take much more effort. it will take much more grind, which you shouldn't really shy away from if you really wanted that bad. But there was a sense of togetherness that I got from the volleyball team that I felt and I appreciated the most, which led me to stay on the team. Um, I, I developed into a leader that I didn't think I would be able to do uh, as the time went on. And I just got to learn more friends and more faces that would later on become crucial parts of my life later on in my life. So, um, so far, it's been great decision of what I've made so far in the past. Uh, but ultimately, though, I can't really see myself going back in time and picking anything else other than volleyball because I, I just have people in my life that I've gone, I've grown closer with in the past that really have affected me in a positive way. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And Brielle, if you could go back in time, um, could you see yourself doing any other sport? Is there any other sport that you would have prioritized? Honestly, not really. Only because I know that the experiences that I've had playing this sport are just, I, I, there's nothing better, especially because I had sisters and I was able to play with, well, not my older sister, but I was able to play with, um, we're a year apart and we had so many experiences on different teams together, travel ball, staying at hotels and meeting, um, you know, new people in this and friendships and on, you know, traveling back and forth with different teams and all the things that I've learned throughout like the years of playing this, I couldn't imagine trying any other sport and let alone, I don't know, being good at any other sport. I tried basketball a little bit like recreationally and it, I just wasn't great at it, but softball really, again, it's stuck with me because it's like fast paced, you know, it's, I, I couldn't see myself, you know, playing any, anything else. Really. I see it. Yeah. I asked the question because for an example, back in the day I did basketball and high jump, but arguably I might've been better at high jump, but I still picked basketball just because I wanted to play a team sport. So looking back at it, you sort of think like, oh, should I have focused more on my second sport instead of my primary sport, whatever. But, and Carson, could you see yourself doing anything different than tennis or focusing on anything different than tennis? I think the only other sport going back to the individual sports again just fits me way too well. I think I would have run track. Um, I was with training weirdly. I used to like have to run 400s and stuff for tennis training and I was really, really good at it. Naturally, my times were pretty fast. Like, um, and if I could have trained and stuck to it, I could have gone to a pretty high level, I think. Um, and the thing that's really cool about track that I always kind of thought about is that you can just get up and run around a track and find a track and run and train on your own where tennis, even though it's individual, you still need another person to practice. And that always kind of bugged me about tennis because it's like you have to find your own practices and some people don't want to do the same things as you. And it's kind of annoying where track, you still get to be on your own. And I mean, honestly, even more on your own than tennis, which is kind of appealing for me. And to follow up on this, starting with you, Carson, and working our way around here, would you say that any of the skills that you obtained through your sport translate to other daily aspects in real life? Or would you just say it's kind of irrelevant? Like my daily life is one world and the sport world is another world. Or would you say they coincide? I, I mean, tennis specifically for me has taught me so many life lessons and opened up so many doors in my life in terms of just meeting people and doing interviews and being on national TV and just kind of like having to do very adult things from a young age and also the discipline part of it, having to wake up early and miss, you know, certain things that a lot of other kids have to do or still to this day, I have to miss, you know, birthdays and holidays because of tennis, because I like dedicated my life to this one thing. And when I go back and like do my schoolwork or the times I was injured for a very long time, I like lived like a regular person life felt so much easier to me i was like oh my gosh i have so much time on my hands like what do i do with myself um and i was able to learn new skills on my own time 
and like use, you know, those disciplinary like attributes, I guess you can call it from my sport um, to be productive in my normal life outside of sport. Definitely. And would you say that like, if you had to give a percentage, would you say most of the things that you've done through your sport translate to the other things in your life? Or would you say that um, only a small bit of it does? I would say a large portion of it, not, not everything, um, but a very big portion of what I've learned from sport has translated in my regular life. It's, it's a part of me. It's part of my identity. Definitely. And Brielle, what do you think? I think a hundred percent, honestly, if I had to give a ratio, it would be a hundred percent for me. Um, everything that I learned in softball, literally, well, maybe not the physical, like uh, according to the game, but a lot of it transfers over to my daily life, my professional life, uh, relationships with friends and family, how, how to operate those and navigate those, um, especially mental health wise, like, especially mental health. Um, but just kind of what Carson was talking about before, like, um, a lot of the discipline that I had to learn was through softball and it translates very well when I, when I had to go into the work environment, you know, getting up at 6am uh, for our, I think it was our conditioning. We had two a days at 1.2, but we had 6am conditioning. Then we had practice at like, after like at three, you know, when everyone got off our classes. So it just taught time management, um, discipline, learning how to make those sacrifices, um, especially with, you don't really have, or for me, I didn't have a social life probably because I didn't try, but you know, I could have, you know, tried to, but honestly it was a sacrifice that I was willing to because it got me to where I am today. But, um, but yeah, it taught me a lot, like control the controllables. That's one thing, especially that I've learned. Um, there's a lot of things outside of your control in life that, you know, you just got to roll with it and you, you can only control what you have the power to control yourself. So those are just some of the things I've learned so much, but that was just some of the things. Yeah, that's, that's a great metaphor. And uh, all the discipline to when you transition into the work world, I guess, Carson, maybe you will eventually once you're done, but um, everything else seems like a hundred times easier for some reason. Like you go to the lunchroom, you hear some of your colleagues like complaining about really trivial things. And then you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the way I see it. I think that, uh, yeah, it definitely teaches you discipline and definitely makes certain things that the average person would see as an obstacle. Um, it seems almost like it's nothing to you. That's what I've found through my experience. And then Edwin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what everyone said so far. Um, also, we, I like the point about just mental illness and mental health and that kind of thing, because um, I had to learn to be okay sometimes with not the fact of losing, but just knowing that I, there'll be more chances of winning in the future if I apply myself the right way. So um, you guys hit on the, right, on the right point with flexibility and discipline and just the idea of trying to work harder. Um, and all these things have translated into my life because I just knew that if I wanted to be the person who I wanted to be in the future, I would have to learn more, I would have to do more um, and just avail myself into different things and aspects of life that would ultimately increase my chances of just uh, getting the all around feel of how to be a great person and, and how to 
to use that to my advantage of just trying to be competitive, right? I'm talking about sports and talk about the ultimate way of winning. Um, and I just knew that coming out of sports in my daily life, that being competitive is what I want to do. I want to be able to, to do my craft the best I can do um, and not just try to overshadow anybody, but just to be the best version of myself as well as just trying to improve daily. And I think that waking up at 6 a.m. in high school, trying to uh, win a championship with my team, which we ended up doing uh, because I was blessed to do that, was part of that. Um, and ultimately just being able to have other people to thrive on and know that this is a battle that I don't have to do on my own. And I do have a backup squad. I have a teammate uh, or teammates in general that can help me through the road. Um, and just knowing that uh, I can collaborate with anybody in the future that would help me uh, to do that and to achieve my goals is very crucial. So, you know, sports has taught me a lot of things, but ultimately, though, it's taught me how to be flexible and just to rely on other people when need to be and to know that the journey is not alone on yourself. Yeah, Valid, I, I agree with everything you said. And I think that all of us here, I think we all agree that um, they're really good metaphors for life through sports. But something that I want to touch on a little bit more, and we'll start with that when I work our way around here. So would you say that you have any issues relating to people who don't follow the same lifestyle as you? Would you say, how do you navigate life that way? Would you say you just surround yourself with like-minded people who also are involved in sports or something along those lines? Or how do you navigate life interacting with people who don't really understand or follow your way of life? That's a great question. And I, I do try to surround myself with people who love sports um, because I am very passionate about sports, um, as, I can, as you guys can tell, possibly. Uh, when it comes to just watching the game and watching these players give the all on the court, on the field, and they don't get the result that I'm looking for, sometimes it could dampen my mood for the weekend, for the month, depending on what happens. Like, it gets that serious sometimes. Right. And I want to see if there are people out there who feel as passionate as I do regarding sports. But I do think that it's important to learn about other people and their other passions as well, too. Um, so that's the only part that I would want to try to uh, scurry on and try to figure out what they love. If it's not about sports, then what really is it that you're passionate about and what you have going on for you in the future that you'd want to be able to improve upon and, and get better at? So um, usually it is about sports. But I do like the aspect of just learning about other people and what their natural uh, skills are and what they want to be able to improve on in the future. But usually, though, it, it would be about sports and people who are passionate as I am, um, which is why I try to do the crafts of trying to talk about it, um, try to improve my knowledge about it, and to have intelligent conversations about the topics of sports so that I can improve my craft as well as they can as well, too. Okay. And Brielle? Have you ever encountered any issues um, dealing with people who can't really relate or understand your lifestyle? Or do you normally just really surround yourself with people who do? You're on, you're on mute, I think. Correct. Okay. Hello? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, honestly, I, I enjoy getting to know people with different interests because I have different interests. I wish a lot of the times I wish that I did explore different avenues of my passions because I'm passionate about so much more than just softball, music, uh, cooking, fitness in general, like fitness and nutrition. Um, but learning from other people that have different passions, that's that's what I'm about. If you I, I will connect with you 
I, if you have this, you know, same principles, same values, you know, those kind of things, as long as you have a good head on your shoulders and stuff like that, like, I would love to get to know different people and their experiences in life. Cause that's how we grow as people is not just surrounding ourselves with um, like-minded people, but different kind of people, you know, and, and different experiences who experience different things in life, have different passions. Um, but yeah, I would, as long as I, I would, as long as you are passionate about something, that's one thing I guess I would say um, as far as being like-minded and being like me, I would say as long as they're passionate about something and they have goals in life and they want to pursue them, then, you know, yeah, I want you in my life. I want to be in your life, you know. Let me let me throw a hypothetical question at you just for fun. So let's say that you're at college or university, right? And you have to get up early for practice, like Monday through Friday, every morning. That's just your schedule. And then some of your good friends, really good friends, keep like peer pressuring you to go out with them, go to the bars, get really drunk. But you know you can't do it because you can't go to practice the next morning hungover or something along those lines. Would you say that throughout your experiences or your life experiences, you've ever encountered situations where you couldn't even build a bond with someone just because your differences in lifestyle were too vast? Or have you never encountered any issue like that before? Would you just say that you guys all kind of understand you come from different backgrounds, you have different lifestyles, and you still find a way to build a bond with that person or create a friendship with that person? Uh, I would say I'm pretty understanding of people, but in that specific scenario, it's funny that you say that because I've had teammates that would peer pressure a lot of us to be like, especially, you know, me being an introvert, you know, like go out sometime, you know, so I'd have teammates that have done that. And I, and it's, you know, I just have to be, know what I stand for and be a positive influence on their life. But if it comes to the point where it's vastly, vastly different, then I would just distance myself and wish you well. And, you know, nothing but love from a distance. Um, if it's really, really vast like that, like uh, towards, you know, against my, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I just wanted yeah. to test where your mind was there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then, uh, Carson, what would you say? Um, to the kind yeah, of like, yeah, it was, we, we went, the... I went on a tangent there. So to, so basically, have you ever encountered any issues in your life relating or building relationships with people who don't really understand your lifestyle as an athlete or just don't follow the same yeah. lifestyle? I think naturally all my closest friends are athletes, mostly tennis. Um, tennis is a weird sport where we don't really have an off season. We have to compete, you know, 365 days a year, pretty much. Our off season is, for pro tennis, at least, is um, five weeks long. And you really only take like a week off of tennis and you have to start training even harder than you, like, you normally do because you have to like get better in that time zone for the following year. So it's a lifestyle, um, man. Tennis is its own little cult, I'd say, where you kind of stick together because you have to, not always because you want to. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely that part has has definitely kept me in my tennis sort of bubble a lot. And then also being in college, I'm friends with a lot of other athletes. Um, and yeah, kind of like Brielle was saying, I'm an open mind. If someone is really passionate about something 
and they, you know, work really hard at something like if someone is studying to be a doctor, um, that takes a lot of hours and dedication and you have to be, you know, a special kind of person to do that. Um, I can definitely relate to them, but I definitely know I have to set a boundary sometimes. And there's some time for people, no matter how hard you try to explain, they just don't understand your life. So I kind of just say, you know what, whatever, we'll talk about this. Like my tennis, I can get my mind off of it for a second and being an athlete. Like I love all these other things and I love learning about other people too. So, um, yeah, I guess you could do both, but I definitely like sticking to, to my little tennis and athlete bubble. Okay. makes sense. Uh, okay. So we'll start with you, Carson, for this next segment here and work our way around. So let's talk about mindset for a second. So have you ever had performance anxiety? I'm assuming you had at least at some point in your tennis career. And what is your method personally about how you handle it? Man. Okay. So I have been pretty good at handling my nerves and having performance anxiety and stuff. Um, of course, I think every athlete has it to some extent, but I think the way you handle it and the way you accept it determines how the outcome is going to be a lot of times. And being a tennis player, again, I think that's a big part of the sport is the mental side is being very mentally tough because you're out there by yourself. You don't have a teammate that you can like kind of vent to in a certain moment or anything. You just kind of like you do it by yourself. So um, I just kind of think to myself, you know, I, this match is really important to me and maybe some of the people watching and my opponent on the other side of the court, but the rest of the billions of people in the world are all going to wake up tomorrow morning and go on with their lives and go to work. And no one has no idea who I am, nor do they care or will they ever care. So I better just do what I'm supposed to do right now. And that's literally what I tell myself. And even if it seems a little bit shallow and cold to my own being, that's what I do. And it helps me. Yeah, I love that you said that because that's that's literally a mindset shift that I had to do when I grew up too. It was that um, whenever something embarrassing happens or whenever you're nervous about something or you have to do a big presentation in front of hundreds or thousands of people, then I at first I'm nervous, but then I think again and I'm like, at the end of the day, when everyone goes to bed at night and they have their own lives and their own problems, like nobody actually cares. <laughs> And then you stop being um, outcome dependent and then you're outcome independent. So then uh, that that's that's how I would handle it for sports, too. So, um, yeah, I love that you said that. I totally agree. And then, uh, Brielle, how would you handle performance anxiety? Um, I back in the day when I was playing, I just remember that it really helped when I had a routine when I had something I did that I focused on, not the crowd, not the pitcher, not how great the other team is, like really just had my set routine and, and, and followed it, you know, to the T. And then thinking positively is, is one thing, like a thousand things. I used to be the type of thinker to be like, a thousand things could go wrong and then listing out all the things that could go wrong. But then like learning through this sport, it's like, you have to envision yourself succeeding because and keep it in your head when whenever you get that anxiety, because that's what's going to push you through. Like that's what's going to push you through the anxiety. And, and that, you know, that helped me. And also to what you guys were both saying, like 
having fun, like putting things in perspective that it's just a game. And in the grand scheme of things, you're going to you're going to go home. You're going to go back to your life, whether that's school, whether that's, you know, work or whatever the case is, <laughs> you have a life outside of this. So, you know, it's to me, that's what helped me put things in perspective, just having a routine, doing my breathing exercises, um, thinking positively and just putting things in perspective, have fun out there and just do what you do best and let the rest, you know, let, let, the, let your habits kick in and have fun. Yeah, that's, that's really mature. That's really mature. And in basketball, I'd, I'd say the same thing to myself, just go out, have fun, do everything that's in your control and then uh, win, lose, draw, whatever it's, um, you did everything that you could and I'll sleep at night just knowing that. And then uh, Edwin, how do you handle performance anxiety? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, in the past, uh, usually I would get to the moment of the match, the game, and I'd be so nervous. I'd be so anxious to try and play and do my best. And uh, before the game happens, I'd be having all these different emotions running through my mind. And when the game starts, somehow, some way, it would all just naturally disappear and disperse for some reason. Uh, probably because I had a routine like uh, Brielle mentioned before. Uh, I am very religious, so I usually pray before a game or I pray before any big thing that happens in my life just to just know that I have uh, God behind me who could help me in that moment in time. But ultimately, though, it's important that you would have teammates to help you out in this situation as well, too. Um, that could help you and your nerves of bringing you up and bringing your energy up, even though in the game itself, they can't control how you move or how you affect the game or how you affect the team in general. But knowing that you have someone in your corner that can back you up uh, is very important to me. So uh, I would say just knowing that you have people there uh, would alleviate the, the, the stress and nervousness. And like you guys mentioned before, like the biggest thing that I want people to take away from me, whether it be a game or whether it be a presentation, is that I have heart and, I, and I'm at the moment in time where I, I can't run away from it. So I have nothing else to do but to show out and show people that, you know, this is who I am through this art of either playing basketball or speaking or communicating or doing something that lets them know that I'm still here and I'm not going to run away from the moment. So um, that's the biggest thing. And just trying to, keep that in my mind every time I go when it comes to big things or big events, um, knowing that I have a support group and knowing that I can still uh, achieve this by just being here and giving my all is the biggest thing that helps me to get through the stress and nervousness and anxiety that always runs through my mind before any big event or whatnot. Yeah, I feel you. And a question for you guys out of curiosity, we'll start with you, Edwin. Um, so I scanned all your Instagram profiles and I could say it's safe to say that at this date, you're all, we're all in pretty good physical shape. So is this something that's been a lifelong habit for you guys? Like from a very young age, have you always been athletic? Have you always been involved in sports? Have you always been in good physical shape or is, did you ever have to undergo a transformation where you were really out of shape and you had to get into shape? So Edwin, what would you say? I don't think that there was a time, well, actually, you know, before I started playing sports, that's probably the only time where I was out of shape. Um, but that's when I really had any passion for sports, had any love for sports at that point in time. So um, that was probably in middle school where I didn't really have anything going for me aside from just school and going home and just doing my work and whatnot. But when I started playing basketball, um, that's when I started losing the weight and understanding that, you know, I could move better, I could do better. And I can improve my skills just by playing this one sport. 
Um, and it translated to different sports as well, too, with volleyball and football and a little bit of track here and there. So I love that. That was a, a great period of my life where I felt like I was getting much better. Um, and even now to this day, I don't still feel like I'm in the best shape, but I do work towards that, um, which is why I started working out. I started trying to change my lifestyle, my eating habits and whatnot, um, incorporating things like intermittent fasting and things like that nature. So, uh, so far it's been okay. It's been a nice journey. I wouldn't say I love working out, but it's just been a rewarding fact in my life where I know that I can possibly keep on uh, being in shape and having the possible outlook of the body that I want in the future if I, if I stay consistent and stay determined to reach that goal. So um, it's been a great, great, great story for me in the past. Yeah, I, I'd agree with the second part of what you said. Uh, well, yeah, I don't necessarily enjoy working out every single time mm -hmm. I do it as well. There's some days where I feel extra exhausted, but I still have to yeah. go up and do it anyway. It's like, it's like religion for me almost. But then um, also, yeah, I think that was a really modest answer because I saw a picture of you Instagram and you were looking pretty muscular. So <laughs> I think you're, Thank in, you. you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> you're in pretty good shape right now. But uh, and Brielle, um, were you always fit or did you have to undergo a transformation? Um, I would say that I was I was average growing up. So at age five, like that's when I started sports and I was kind of just already a hyper child as far as activity. So they put me in a sport, you know, but as far as like being growing up when I had like in high school, for example, I looked I looked healthy, but I wasn't eating healthy at all. So that's, I learned the importance of nutrition and the importance of, you know, what I put in my body, drinking water, meal prepping. Like I learned all that probably towards high school and college. So that's something I had to develop healthy habits, like and build towards and grow. But naturally, I mean, I, I in my opinion, maybe I am being, I don't know, modest, but I, at least in high school, didn't look the same. It, it was very much just kind of like an average, you know, I looked very just average. I don't know, as far as physique goes. Um, but I definitely, once I got into those habits, I started to notice like my muscles coming in and abs and everything. So I was like, okay, I like this. Um, but also just the importance of eating healthy too, like you can't just eat whatever you want and it, you know, you could be skinny and still be unhealthy inside, you know? So. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I tell a lot of people that too, that exercise and eating healthy and eating clean, it shouldn't really be something that you kind of just turn on and off. It really should be a lifestyle. You should try to find a way to incorporate this like right now, potentially, or hopefully like all the way until the day that you die. That's, that's how I look at it personally. And then uh, Carson, would you say that you were always fit for the most part growing up or would you say that you had to undergo a transformation? Yeah, as a kid, I mean, I started playing sports very early. I was seven years old when I started playing tennis, like a lot. Um, I started competing when I was like nine years old and playing national tournaments and stuff. So tennis wise, I've been pretty fit most of my life, but I did undergo a lot of injuries and that definitely put me out of shape. I got three surgeries both on both my knees and my hip. Um, and in that time span, it was all like sort of like dominoed next to each other. So I was not able to play tennis or compete for nearly two and a half years. 
and I was dealing with those injuries from like age 16 to age 20. Um, so I was not in the shape that I wanted to be in for a very long time for my tennis and also just for myself. I couldn't even put on a pair of shorts without having a knifing sharp pain going out down my hip. Um, so when I started my recovery, I wasn't able to walk or drive for a few months. Um, I gained weight. I was depressed. My mental health was horrible because I couldn't exercise. I was just kind of bed bound all the time. And at the time I wasn't in the best environment either. Um, but kind of just having that journey of getting back to normal health just as a human being. And then secondly, an athlete, um, was a really amazing experience and it, it taught me a lot and, um, definitely shaped me into the person that I am today. It changed my mind and just the way I look at life so much, just having, you know, a sports injury takes so much away from me. It kind of made me appreciate like just being able to walk because I, I got my hip and knee done at the same time, the same day. So I was actually like in a wheelchair, not able to walk for like a couple of weeks because of the severity of the injuries. Um, so it kind of just gave me a little taste of how some people are for life and the, what some people have to go through. Um, it just makes me appreciate like, first of all, love my sport and love competing even more than I already did. But just, you know, I feel like so much gratitude and blessings just to be able to walk like a normal person and be able to do so many things throughout my day just from being healthy. And then, of course, like building on that and becoming, you know, a high level athlete and being in shape um, is really rewarding. I think I, I definitely find a lot of reward from it now than I used to. Yeah, no, it's. It's, I guess it is kind of a blessing in disguise. If you get injured, you sort of, if you can rehabilitate successfully from it, then you can definitely appreciate how important your health is. And even just the ability to walk, like I've torn ligaments in my ankle before too, and I have to go around the boot and crutches and everything. And once you re rehabilitate from it, like you're like, you're very, you're much more grateful being able just to walk, just to walk to your classes, walk down the street. Um, most people probably take that for granted. So um, it sounds sort of messed up to say, like, it's good that you got injured. <laughs> but um, if you can successfully rehab it, then uh, yeah, that definitely opens your eyes to a whole new world of not being able to walk. And then to touch on exercising, and we'll start with you, Carson. So is exercising like weightlifting, doing conditioning, strength and conditioning, is that something that you're actually, would you say, motivated to do most of the time? Or do you think that you just do it out of discipline because you know that it's the right thing to do? I love working out. I think if I didn't play sports at all, I would be a gym rat. Um, I love exercise. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, and I also love eating a lot of food. So <laughs> I probably need to work out to burn a little bit of that off. Um, but I think, you know, exercise is part of general health and everyone should try and get some form of exercise every day or at least walk around. Um, and there's just so many health benefits to exercise. It's like, you know, it's like nurturing and loving your body, I think is part of um, exercise. So, you know, do you see things like for me, when I exercise, I feel like my skin glows more and I have more energy throughout the day. I'm happier um, and maybe, you know, it's just built into my head because of being an athlete, but I just see so much benefit to exercise. It just like makes me feel obligated to do it all the time. And I also really enjoy it all forms. I like, 
you know, going on hikes and jogging, but I also love weightlifting and trying new workouts, like doing Pilates or something, just trying it out. I love all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great because yeah, I, I know other people too. And even myself, we, um, I like working out to a certain extent, but when, when it comes to exercises that are really physically stressful and really grueling, um, especially in really hot temperatures outside too, then it gets to the point where I'm like, I don't miss this. or I don't miss this part about playing basketball because it's just, you work out so hard to the point where you feel like you're going to pass out. And I would, I'm not a kinesiologist or a doctor, but I would suspect that it might not be healthy even to do the intense workouts that a lot of professional athletes do. But um, yeah, that's, that's my take on that, that Brielle, I think I already know the answer to this, <laughs> but um, are you motivated? Do you enjoy working out or is it something that um, you kind of do out of discipline or maybe a combination of both? I think it's something I do out of habit now, honestly, because in college they drill it into you like 6 a.m., 6 a.m., get up and work out, like get up and weight lift. Uh, we do conditioning. But besides that, like because I didn't always I wasn't always like that, you know, but I do enjoy it. I do love going to the gym. It's like this aspect of challenging myself through the pain kind of thing. I like to feel the pain of an exercise or that's, you know, that strain, you know, and like, I can, I can overcome this. Cause it's, I don't play softball anymore, but that's going to the gym is like my version of getting that competitiveness still, or still having that competitiveness, you know, in my life somehow, like, you know, that's one form of it. Um, but I don't always enjoy it all the time. So when those times that I don't, that's when the discipline kicks in, you know, and I let that like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, and I'm going to, I may like, you know, huff and puff all the way to the gym or like be, you know, tired and, but I'm still going to go just because out of the discipline, I want to, I'm, I'm still going to go kind of thing. But but yeah, I I enjoy it. There's not I, if it's a percentage wise, I would say seventy five to eighty percent of the time, I love going to the gym. Like I put my headphones in, I just go. It's I'm in my own world. It's like a playground for me. Um, but yeah, that's a good 80, 75, 80 percent of the time. I love going to the gym, and when I don't, I'm like, I'm gonna go do something. Something I gotta put something in today. Some kind of physical. Because it's important, physical physical health and some type of activity in your day. There's so many benefits, like Carson was saying. It's just make it a part of your day. It doesn't have to be going to the gym, though. That's what a lot of people I feel like don't realize, or that they think this have they they have this mentality of like, oh, I have to be in the gym to get where I want to be in my physical health. But you but you don't. You can be dancing. You can. You, there's so many different things of physical activity that you can do that you are passionate about. And I would say start there. You don't have to be in the gym. Start where you're passionate about some kind of physical activity, hiking, something, and then work from there. You don't have to be in the gym to, you know. Definitely, especially for cardio. Um, mm -hmm. if people like this particular sport and they can use that as cardio instead of running on a treadmill, then um, yeah, by all means. That's a, that's a good way to introduce somebody to it. And then um, Edwin, would you say that you're motivated to work out, you enjoy it, or do you just do it out of discipline? 
Yeah, I hate going to the gym, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan at all, seriously. When it comes to the stress, the pain that you feel while working out, just the action of doing it, I'm not a big fan at all. But I will say, though, that it motivates me to keep on going because I do have an image in my mind of what I want to accomplish and who I want to be uh, in the future. So that's the only thing that kind of motivates me to keep going. And somehow, some way, I've developed that discipline to do it. And I've been consistent since I started working out. So that's a great thing. But ultimately, though, I just know that if I want to be able to get where I want to be in the future, then there have to be some things in life in general that I don't or I may have to do that I don't like, but I know will be beneficial to me as I grow and I continue this journey. So, yeah, it's a motivation that keeps me going. But as far as just the happiness of working out, I'm not a hiking kind of guy, I'm not a go jogging kind of guy, you know, outside the heat, working out all these different kind of weather elements. Um, I, I do praise a lot of people for doing that, though. It, it's very motivational to see those kind of workouts and know that I could possibly do that if I put my mind to it um, or just the simple aspect of just going to the gym and doing what I have to do. Um, so that's what keeps me going as well, too, knowing that there are other people that can do it. And there's no reason why I can't do it. Um, but ultimately, though, I just I'm not a big fan of the gym at all. If I had a way of getting to where I want to be, it wouldn't be through the gym. But I know that at least for health perspective and just trying to grow as a, a nutritionist and everything that going through the gym and other aspects as well too like real mentioned is the only way possible for me to get better at that so yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense uh yeah I, i'd probably say something along the same lines of what you just said right there and then um so we'll start with you i'm going to work our way back around for this next question here so Generally in sports, what would you say is more important here? Would you say it's technical skill, catching, throwing, hitting a ball, coordination, or would you say that it's physical ability, how fast you can run, how high you can jump, how quickly you can change direction? Would you say athleticism is more important or would you just say technical skills would be more important in your opinion? Um, I would always go with athleticism, to be honest. Maybe not. I'm just joking. I'll go technical, to be honest, uh, because I do believe that the harder someone works at a craft, the more better they may be. Now, there's different elements to the sport when it comes to athleticism and, you know, just being taller than a person or just being able to jump and outrun a person. That will always be in your advantage. But um, having that full technical ability to do the, the, the thing possibly well is what I think will get you the furthest, right? talk about so many big stars in the game and what they're great at is just being uh great football players great basketball players and that has nothing to do with them and the athleticism and what they bring to the table as far as just um how powerful they can be obviously that's a big part of their game and how they utilize it to overpower their opponents and that's how i would utilize my abilities to overpower my opponents in the future but i've grown and i've gotten better at playing volleyball or just basketball in general by just learning the basics being able to be intelligent about the game learning different spots that I can pinpoint and I can attack against my opponent that I know would help me out as far as just my athleticism is concerned. And just ultimately just being able to do the things correctly, right? Have the correct form, have the correct mindset going into the match. Um, all these things help out to give you that sense of urgency that you need while playing the sport that you're playing with. And just in general too, um, when it comes to life, um, there's so many people who can fake their way through life, which is fine. They could do that if they have the natural uh, habits that I helped out with that. But 
if you really know what you're doing, if you put in time and investment into knowing what you're doing, I think that'll always win when it comes to just the activity that you're doing in life. So yeah, I definitely go technical abilities. Okay, fair enough. And Brielle, what would you say is more important? Um, physical capability from strength and conditioning or technical skills? I would say, I would say, I would agree with Edwin. I would say technical skills because I feel like being a student of the game is going to benefit you way more than like natural abilities or your athleticism. Um, but that's just, that's just me. I, 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 that's all I can say about that really. I mean, from even with myself, for example, I was, I was horrible at uh, when I, as a, I wasn't horrible at batting, but I would just say I had this habit of dropping my hands. And when I did, I struggled severely. So technical skills, I feel like that's what's going to put you ahead in terms of your sport is when you consistently are out there practicing, consistently learning your craft, consistently trying to get better um, versus like the natural ability or athleticism. At least I think that's what you're referring to. But, um, but yeah, I just think technical skills is probably better to have than athleticism. Yeah, definitely. Because there are a lot of people who use that as a cop-out kind of, they say, I'm too short or I'm not fast enough, or I can't do this, but it's almost like been proven time and time again at different levels of sports that um, people can definitely compensate for their lack of athleticism in other ways. Um, so I think it's kind of a cop-out when people say that. And then Carson, I'm sure throughout your tennis career, perhaps you've seen some players who might have been less athletic or less genetically gifted than others, but they may have made up for it in other ways. So would you say that, particularly in tennis, would you say that athleticism is more important or would you say that it's technical skills? In tennis, it's definitely a combination of both. There's some players where you look at them, you're like, you don't look athletic at all, but they're so smart when they play and they it's like a game of chess to them and they like can see the court better than the athletic player or whatnot um so it definitely depends on who you are and i also know like talking about like athleticism and size like the first sport that came to mind was football because like if you're in the nfl combine or you want to play a certain position like you must like look and physically be a certain way um, you can't go and say you want to be, you know, on the offensive line of an NFL team and be five foot six and 140 pounds. So it's just never going to happen in, ever in the face of mankind. But, um, but I just, I definitely think like there are ways in, in pretty much other sport where you can have a little bit of both. And I think every, every person can find their own way of like athleticism, um, by having the reputation and like Brielle said, like being a student of your sport is part of being an athlete and that dedication is being an athlete and you will find, you know, where your skill set is in your sport as long as you dedicate to yourself. Um, I think a lot of people could surprise themselves of the athleticism that they do have stored in, in their bodies somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And, and of course, like granted, some people are going to need to work harder than others in order to achieve a certain amount of strength, quickness, agility, uh, vertical jump, etc. But I've definitely seen it before. Um, it's definitely doable. It's just whether the person's 
willing to put in that extra work, I guess, right. to, um, to make up for it. And then for the last segment, let's just talk about something fun here. So starting with you, Carson, playing tennis, there's probably pros and cons to playing really competitively versus just playing for fun. So overall, do you prefer to play tennis recreationally or do you prefer to play it very competitively at a very intense level? I'm a competitor for sure. Um, I love the competition part of tennis. Sometimes I struggle with practice and like the recreational part just because it's so repetitive. And with tennis, you'll do the same drills like over and over and over again. Like I will go to practice and hit, you know, 500 serves like to the same target, like pretty much. And like that well, I meant for me, I meant more <laughs> like uh, I meant more like um, you go to you go to the tennis court with your friend or your family oh, or something yeah. and you rally and you play for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. No, still the competing like part, yeah. I think for sure. Okay. I think um, if I play recreationally, of course I like it, but sometimes it feels a little bit of a chore because um, it's like a full-time job for me. Um, and plus competing, I find so much fun and like, I love the pressure and um, the physicality of competing and like the mental like stress. I think I'm a little bit crazy and <laughs> I think you have to be crazy to play tennis. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a competitor. That's, that's where I find my joy. Okay. That's sick. And Brielle, would you prefer to, in general, I guess, would you prefer to play sports recreationally or would you prefer to do it um, intensely or competitively? I prefer competitive competitively. I've tried recreational, like I've tried the leagues, you know, the adult leagues, and those are actually competitive too. I've tried the ones like by that are not competitive though. So maybe I should try the other ones. But as far as like, it was like a church kind of game, like a church pickup game type of thing. It was very slow paced. Not everyone was on the same physical ability. And I'm the type, like I, I played at a college level. So it's like I throw hard. Like that. These are some of the complaints I would like. Oh, you're throwing too hard. This is not that serious. This is not, you know. Or so. And then the ball would be coming really slow from the pitcher. So it's hard to like. For me, I need it fast so I can, you know, hit. It's easier to hit when it's faster for me at least. But when it's slow and and lobbing in, then it's like hard to hit. So it's like I just wouldn't enjoy it. It wouldn't be as fast paced. And so I'd prefer if I'm gonna play. I'd rather play competitively or I could just watch. I, I love watching other people play too, but I just couldn't partake in it if it was uh, just for leisure or just for fun or unless I know we're all, if it was a college game, maybe like a college just for fun, like a group of college of us, you know, former athletes, but, but probably not. I'm a little, I might be like, again, like Carson, I'm competitive. So yeah, I, I feel that it, for basketball, the way I see it is when you play competitively, the good times are really good, but the bad times are really bad. But when you play recreationally, it's sort of like the good times are okay, whatever. And then the bad times are like uh, whatever too. So it's sort of like a spectrum. So I, I guess I'd say I prefer the competitive side too, just because... Um, you can get it's a bit of a roller coaster, but I think that the really, really good times when you're just kicking somebody's ass uh, makes up for the really bad times, in my opinion. And then uh, Edwin. 
would you prefer to play sports recreationally just for fun or competitively? Yeah, the only time I would feel like I'd want to play recreationally um, is just, you know, I don't really care about the the time of doing it or playing any sport at that matter in time. So um, usually I am a competitive, though. Like, I, I like the aspect of winning, and my friends love the aspect of winning, too. So when we usually play these competitive games with volleyball and we're going back and forth and we're arguing, we're laughing, I like the aspect of just being able to know that I don't want to lose my friend and the bragging rights that come with it, too. Uh, and we all have that same kind of natural understanding that we never want to lose each other um, because, like you mentioned before, I can go back home later on and just feel like, why did I, like, what, what happened today? What, you know, why did I lose to my friend? And now I have to hear him speak for the rest of the week of him just talking smack and everything. So um, I like that part, part of the game. Uh, but when it comes to recreational side, like you mentioned before, it's kind of slow pace, not much going on, right? And it could be for a fun activity where we're just getting to know each other. And that's the only part where I would love to play recreational because I know that there's people out there who don't really play as hard as I do or as competitive as I do. So maybe this is a chance for me to learn about themselves through this act of just playing recreational and just playing at a soft space. Uh, but ultimately, though, I like winning uh, at, a, at a high level. So usually I would find myself competing with my friends and just uh, just finding ways to winning, wherever that be in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, competition, it definitely brings in that element of people hating to lose because yeah. especially in basketball, like if somebody loses a game or something, they'll talk shit like <laughs> for the next week, the next month, they'll take a picture of the scoreboard. They'll make sure to purposely text it to you before you go to bed so you see it <laughs> before you sleep. It's like, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I hate losing. It's, it, it is shitty, but it is what it is. And uh, before we move on to the next question, so we got a chat here from, sorry if I'm butchering your name, Jital or Jitale, I don't know. Uh, Riel is pretty. Shout out, Jital. That's probably one of our first chats on this live stream series. <laughs> nice. So moving on to the next question here. Is there any sport, and we'll start with Edwin and work our way around here. So is there any sport that you find fun to play, but terrible to watch? For an example, I in gym class, they made us try curling. And I thought that was so fun to play. Seriously. I thought curling was, it, it's really fun to play. I actually recommend it. But to watch it, like, you're never going to catch me dead watching curling. Mm. Just sitting, giving my time to watch curling. So is there any sport that makes you feel that way? Edwin? I would say hockey. Um, and I'm kind of learning hockey as I go uh, because I like betting on hockey. So that's the only reason why I kind of find myself watching the sport more often. But um, it, it is fun to play. I did play a little bit in high school, just using the sticks and just using the skills that you think you have at that time and trying to score. Uh, I thought that was kind of a new challenge that I wanted to explore, and it did happen. It was fun to do. But ultimately, though, when I started watching hockey, it was terrible. And it was fast-paced, so it was back and forth. But having to keep up with these players and how giftedly they are with skating, it's nice to watch. But the longer it takes to score a goal, it's so, so draining sometimes. It really is. And I thought that soccer was bad. And I love watching soccer. But there's different elements in soccer that I love to watch that – overcompensates for me and how long it takes to score a goal. But with hockey, though, uh, it's it's just so 
back and forth and so sloppy. And I like organization in a sport. I like the idea of just game plans and whatnot. And, you know, no disrespect to anybody who plays hockey or watches hockey, but I feel like there's little to no um, game plan that comes with it sometimes. It's just guys who can skate really well and they are gifted at their skills, which I do appreciate it. But, you know, it's a lot of hitting and passing that I feel like if anybody put their time to it, they could do really well. Um, but either way, though, it's not a big thing that I love watching. I just love playing it here and there. Right. It, yeah, I think that hockey has some strategy to it, but it's it's a really fast-paced game yeah. when you know when the whistle's not blown. So it's it's hard to see. It just looks like a bunch of people scrapping all the time. It does. It's so fast, and the puck moves so quickly. But and people are getting hit and stuff. It's really fun. But yeah, it's. Um, I'm not really going to speak much more on that because I don't know anything about hockey. So I'm not going to try to BS, <laughs> but uh, Brielle. So uh, is there any sport that you find fun to play, but terrible to watch? <laughs> I would say um, golf. Now I played it recreationally and I enjoyed it. So I didn't play it competitively or try to like, you know, I'm very much um, average at golf, but it's one of those sports where I cannot watch it to save my life. Like it's, it's great to play because it's, it, I like it because it's challenging, like a mental game. And you have to know there's so many elements, you know, what club am I going to use? The weather, the which way the wind is blowing. Like there's so many different things you have to think about. So that part, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I like to go out there and like swing and like, but to watch, it's very slow paced. It's like the opposite of fast paced. Like when I'm playing it, it doesn't feel that way because all these things are happening, all these, you know, mental things that I have to think about are happening while I'm playing. But when I go and watch it on TV, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I could not sit down and watch it. Like it's, you know, because it's not I, I want to be in there. I want to be playing. But but again, it takes when you're when you're playing, it takes patience and it, and it feels like a great I don't know. It feels great to play, but just not to watch for me. So. Okay, fair enough. And Carson, is there any sport that you would find fun to play but terrible to watch? Um, I agree with Brielle with with golf for sure. I love playing. I think anyone would love even going to like you know they have like those driving range things that you can just go and get a bucket of balls and just like hit around. Um, like there's so many forms of golf that are so much fun, and. I will never put it on my TV ever unless I'm at my grandpa's house. It's the only time I think I watch golf. Um, and the second one I was going to say was actually tennis. I really like don't like watching it very much, believe it or not. Um, I only find a very select few players interesting to watch, um, especially on TV. And a lot of the commentators are so bad. They're just saying stuff just to say it. Um, so I'm I'm gonna throw myself shade and say watching tennis is pretty miserable sometimes because of how how boring some of the matches can get. Some players' game styles they can be one of the best players in the world, but they're just so boring and they are monotone. They don't you know they they don't get angry or like do anything interesting. Um, even though people in the tennis world would call that like they're mentally strong, I look at that from the world point of view. I'm like that's boring. That looks like a robot playing tennis not you know an athlete putting themselves publicly in physical like physically very demanding stuff 
in public TV, but like they look like they're doing nothing. So tennis struggles with that sometimes. I think it's starting to get more traction now because there's a few interesting players. I don't know if you guys have followed anything. There's a, a player on the men's tour named Nick Kyrgios. They call him like the bad boy of tennis. Um, and he really doesn't even do anything that crazy for like other sports, but for tennis, it's like, whoa, he like gets a little bit frustrated and like does some crazy stuff on court. And, you know, he sells the most tickets and the most people watch him. And I think that explains um, that being an athlete is also the entertainment business. So. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, and I don't disagree with you guys. I think golf is extremely boring to watch as well. Um, but okay. So it's been an hour. So for the very last question here, and I ask this to everyone who comes on this series of episodes, it's a difficult question, but you got to answer it. So we'll start with Carson and we'll work our way back around to Edwin. So obviously relative to the level that you play at, how would you rank yourself as an athlete compared to the other people you compete against so on a scale of one to 10? And you cannot use seven. So in terms of like my, my level, like being like one, being like yep. a big let's, pro. Let's, or let's like, say, uh, yeah, like let's say you can, um, well, no, like I play basketball, but if I was in the NBA, I'd be like a four. But if I was in high school or playing against high school people, I'd be like a nine or something. So like relative to the level that you play at, like the people you actually compete against. Um, if you were a scout for tennis on a scale of one to 10, what would that scout rate you? And okay. it can't be seven though. Okay. Um, I guess I could rate myself pretty high. I think my tennis resume is pretty good. Um, what's your win loss ratio? I, well, I was like an all American and stuff this past year in college. And I've played like, I've beaten girls top hundred in the world before. Um, so I guess like an, a nine, maybe because I'm in like an eight, nine, I would rate myself. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> fair enough. And Brielle, what would you give your ranking? <laughs> well, it's, mm, and not a seven, huh? I think some days, I would rank myself super high, like some years actually, because I had years where I was batting 350 in college and then years where I was batting 250. And I always kept it between those two. Um, now our win-loss ratio was sometimes all over the place, but I like to keep my own individual stats because I'm very competitive, especially when it comes to hitting. But some days I was an eight and then some days I was a six. Not some days, but like some you know, taking into account a year's worth of stats for that year, I would say, you know, but total all around athlete, uh, in terms of, hmm, I would say a six, if I'm being completely honest, because there, there are some beast level softball players who went on to like, that I played with on, you know, that I played with throughout travel ball and against in college. And they went on to play, um, on the USA team or went on to play pro. So, you know, I'm not pro level, no, <laughs> but I would rate myself, honestly, if I had to be honest all around my year, at least in college, I would say a six, but 
I feel like I had the most heart out of like, you can't teach heart, you can't teach work ethic, you can't teach, you know, all those other things. So like grit, I was, I was the one like uplifting everyone, you know, I was the one that would not give up like throughout the whole game. Cause I played like I had something to prove. Cause honestly, maybe essentially with my technique, I wasn't the best. So I always did have something to prove, but I got it done. Like that's one thing that they would probably say about me was, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she hit that home run, but she did. So it's like, you know, yeah. But I would rate myself a six if I was being honest on, you know, I haven't played pro or anything, but. Okay. Humble answer. Okay. <laughs> um, Edwin, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Grail in the sense that some days I'd be an eight, uh, back when I was playing in high school, or a nine, actually. Some days I'd be a six. Uh, but ultimately, though, at this point in time, I would rate myself highly, only because I know what it took to get to this point in life where, you know, I was just a student of the game. I love to learn about volleyball and just other aspects of uh, different sports as well, too. And ultimately, um, when it comes down to the technical part, I feel like I've mastered it to the point where I can compete with people who are at least around my skill set, at least at this point in time. So um, the heart that I bring to the table is like what Brielle said, unmatched. You know, I know that there's people out there who are bigger than me, taller than me, faster than me, stronger than me. But it wouldn't matter, though. You wouldn't get that far as far as just, you know, winning on a team if you don't have that heart uh, to go with it. So I usually bring that to the table. And I think that gifted with uh, the technical skills that I do provide, I would say that I am somewhat physically gifted. I'm not just terrible out there with my skill set of that, but um, you know, ultimately, I would say I'm an eight, eight point five, around that spectrum. Okay, all right, solid. I won't, I won't fight any of your rankings. <laughs> I'll take your words for it. So then, uh, before we close up, so if you're watching this on YouTube, just be sure to like the video. It'll help the YouTube algorithm spread the message to other people trying to learn English. You could also follow us on all our other social media platforms. Uh, we make sure to put out new content every single day. You'll learn something new every single day. And uh, for our guests, thank you so much for being amazing guests. Um, you guys had really good insight into the sports in general. Um, all of their Instagram links will be in the description below if you'd like to go find them. And uh, until next time.